You're listening to Navid Musa of The Mindset Movement. Hey guys, how you doing? Navid Musa here from NavidMusa.com and The Mindset Movement the podcast. So um, as stated, we are doing a four-part series um, of a Q&A. It's a total of eight in all. We're breaking it up into two mini-series of four and four. This is part three. Um, the past two weeks, we did part one and two. So please check those out if you haven't. And let's get into part three right now. I said, so these are right? He said, this is perfect. I said, he said, I had to do a little bit of tweaks. He said, nothing really major, but we're sitting in that. Now, understand back then, again, not to date myself. This is, this is 05, 06, this is actually, 05, I think it was 06, 05, 06, 08, 05, early 06. Um, we had to print out the pictures, put them in an envelope and put a mail because you couldn't send attachments and emails and stuff like that. Yes, it was too big. The attachment was, there was no Google Drive and Gmail back then. It was all AOL and Yahoo and Hotmail. And so I had to print everything out, print the report out, put it in a stamp, send a packet off and stuff like that to the asset managers. And that's what we had to do. So that was my job. My job was to do these orders. So I'm like, okay, great. Now, I did not tell my wife what happened. I didn't tell her they didn't get the money. I took a credit card advance, essentially, is what I did. I said, hey, I got paid, babe. <laughs> that was it. Uh, maxed out that credit card for the 15 billion time. And so, I'm commuting now back and forth every single day, but at least money's coming in now. You know, so I had to go through all that BS. I'm doing these work orders, it's paying the bills for the most part. The problem is I have maxed out so many of my credit cards and the interest were so high that although I'm making money, I wasn't making any money. That money was coming in was just paying all the back old debt that I had accrued. So now I have my 487 credit score, right? And a $50,000 car and that's all right, that's awesome. And I'm going back and forth and just paying and paying. I'm not telling my wife any of this stuff. I'm just keeping it to myself. So eventually just goes and goes and goes and goes and it catches up. Late notices come in the mail. This comes in the mail. For the most part, my wife's a workaholic. So she works, she was working and had several other jobs too to help make ends meet when I was in this transition. So she was home, I wasn't, she saw the mail and said, what the hell is this? Yeah, busted. Um, so I told her what was going on. Obviously, she wasn't very happy at it, um, about it, I should say. And we, a few words were exchanged, um, and that was that. And then so it was hard to hear, right, because as, you know, at the, the risk of sounding macho, as a man, it hurt, right? I'm the man of the house. I provide for my wife. You know, here's this woman is working full-time and has two part-time jobs, and I have one job to do, and that's to do real estate, and I can't even do that very well, apparently, right? So that, 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 does, that does kick you. It, it does, and it makes you, makes you guess everything. So again, you go back in your head, why am I doing this? It's a 100% commission job. There is no payday unless you sell something. And even at that time, the deal could fall apart at the settlement table when everyone's there. Right? So why am I doing this? So I asked myself that. I wanted to quit. I wanted to quit and go back stuff like that. And I almost did. I almost did. And I said, no. Because as miserable I am now, I was 10 times more miserable working for somebody else. And I had to tell myself that. That yes, there's two miserables. This is at 500, this is at 300. I'll take miserable 300, basically, is what I had to tell myself. And so I said, you know, I, I apologized to her. I said, I'm sorry, I should have never done it. You're right. I said, it's just, I didn't want to think I was a failure. And, and you know, I'm not sure exactly what was all said, but for the most part, it was basically, listen, just tell me what you're doing, what you're going through, so I can kind of help you out. That's all I'm asking for. And guys, females are actually pretty easy. Just listen to them, feed them, and make them laugh. They're pretty much happy. That's it. 
And that's all she really wanted. She said, just, she said, just tell me what's going on. That's all she wanted was to talk, you know? So I didn't give her enough credit. I didn't. So I said, okay, fine, I'll tell you. And then she proceeded to yell at me some more after that. And so all the cards on the table, she said, all right, let's, what do we need to do? And so I told her what I needed to do. She said, okay, fine, let's get it done. So we were getting it done. We had our first deal. Finally, I closed an actual real estate sale. Again, 50 bucks per order wasn't bad. You're making two, three grand a month, pre-tax dollars, okay? But you're commuting every single day. You're putting 50, 40, you know, 40, 50, 60 bucks a day in gas. So it's, it's eating up a lot of the profits. I sell my first deal and I get like a check for a thousand bucks off that one deal, plus the, the 2,500 bucks or whatever I was making off that. So it's a good month. So another deal and another deal and another deal. And it was like, all oh, this is like great. So now the money's coming in. I'm like, okay, thank you, right? The money's coming in, bills are getting paid, all that kind of stuff. But old Navid kind of creeped in the back of my head, was like, we got this money, let's go spend it, go buy some stuff. Instead of saving it, so I bought some more dumb shit. And that was it. What happened? The market tanked. 2008 happened. 2008 happened. Nobody was selling nothing at the time. It was all short sales and all that kind of stuff, which was in my wheelhouse, but I was competing. So I quit. I said, I'm not going to do this shit. And I called my brother up and I said, hey, I know you opened up this dealership. You have, he has an exporting business of cars. I said, I know you have this exporting business of cars. The model dealership, I need a job. He said, yeah, I'll hire you. So he hires me. And I actually ended up taking a part-time job, believe it or not, right here in Reading, off of Perkyoman Avenue, um, where the McDonald's is and the Home Depot and stuff like that. Uh, there's a Verizon store in there. It was a Verizon store back in the day there. I was working part-time there in the Verizon store and going back and forth, and I was miserable again. Because although I love my brother, I'm still working for somebody. But I got bills to pay, bills that I created. Bills that I created. No one put a gun to my head and say, go to Macy's. No one put a gun to my head and say, go to Foot Locker. It was just bills that I created, right? It's a cycle I think that a lot of us do is we get excited and we make this money and we feel, I worked very hard, let me treat myself. The problem is the reward system that a lot of us give, me included, especially me included, the reward system is doesn't balance off. We feel, here's how I kind of tell people. My son got an A on his test. So he goes, Dad, can I stay up till midnight on Friday because I got an A on my test? Can I play games till midnight? Absolutely. Dad, I got to come Saturday. Dad, I got an A on my test. Can I stay? Whoa, 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 whoa. You're rewarded for that A on Friday, son. So as, you, as adults, we do that. We work hard all day and we get that paycheck. We deserve this reward, but that reward outweighs what we put up with to get it. It's just natural. Why we do it, I couldn't even tell you. But we all, I feel that we all do it. And so, you know, we, this money's coming in and all this is taking place. And then, like I said, the recession hit. And so I had to pivot, which wasn't very hard because to get into that, but I had spent so much throughout the years, I had to keep up with everything. And I just couldn't, everything was, so my house of cards, if you will, collapsed yet again. My rock bottom, my rock, 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 and I love my kids, everyone knows, I've got two children, they're, they are the world for me, and I will kill anybody who, damn, who tends to hurt them, same as like that. I have a nine-year-old and a 15-year-old. My 15-year-old now, at the time, I believe he was born in, I think this was in, he was three years old. He was still in a, in a, he was still in a booster seat, car seat. 
He wanted 99 cent chicken nuggets for McDonald's. I didn't have it. I'm driving a $50,000 car, but I don't have 99 cents for my son to get chicken nuggets. I'm a jackass of a father. There's no way to put it. That was my rock bottom. When I couldn't buy my son chicken nuggets, that was my rock bottom, simple as that. And I said, I can't keep doing this. And we had just, now this poor kid, I'm pretty sure he's probably messed up a little bit because of this, but whatever. Um, we went into a house, a foreclosure, and I was like, go through the window and unlock the door for daddy. <laughs> so I legit just opened the door. He went in, opened it up, stuff like that. I was like, my man, let's go. So gave him a high five, and he walked in the house, stuff like that. He's been in more foreclosures probably than a lot of you guys have, with all due respect. This kid has been in shitload of properties uh, at the age of three and on. And so um, we go through, and he's all this kind of stuff, and he worked hard. I did it. I opened the window. So it hurt that his reward of the chicken nuggets, I couldn't give it to him. Right? Because he was like, I opened the door for you, Daddy. I went through the window for you, Daddy. I'm pretty sure I, I, I sniffed some shit for you, Daddy. I shouldn't have been sniffing for the three-year-old. There's some shit. I'm pretty sure I touched the shit of the three-year-old. Don't tell Mommy touch that shit. Just let it go. And he just wanted nuggets. He wanted a happy meal nuggets. I couldn't give it to him. I suck. There's no way to put it. I'm a jackass and I suck. So that was my rock bottom. I said, never again. Never again am I going to tell no to my, to my son. At that time when he had one. To my son. I'm never going to tell him no to food, especially food, for crying out loud. You know, um, for those who grew up in big families, you know, guys know, you have breakfast together, you have dinner together, just, you know, you bond over the food and barbecues and stuff like that. So that was, food was a big thing in our culture, in our household. Um, so the fact they couldn't do that for him, I was like, okay, my why now had changed. My first why was I don't want to work for anybody else. Now my why had changed. When you become a father or a mother or a parent in general, you're it clicks. It's like, oh, it's not just all about me, right? It didn't click for me until then. That's how, that's how vain and selfish I was. It didn't really click for me until then. I'm like, holy shit, what am I doing? I can't keep going this right? I have to change. So that's when it hit, and I said, okay, I got to get to work. I really got to get to work at this point. So I pivoted. I told my brother, I can't work for you no more. And I told my wife, I said, listen, I'm going to go in. I did talk to her. I said, I'm going to go in. I'm quitting my job at the dealership. I'm quitting the store at the Verizon. I'm quitting the Verizon place. I'm gonna go all in on this. She's like, "Are you sure, Navid?" I said, "Yes, I am sure. I want to do this." She said, "Are you sure?" She asked me like four or five times. So, she asked me three times, and here's why: in in Islam, there's a thing. Heaven lies at a at a mother's foot before you go to the father. So essentially, the stairway to heaven is three steps, and it lies at the mother's foot. So before you do anything, if you're if you're questioning it, you ask your mother three times before you ask your father once. That's the importance of a woman, especially a mother in Islam. So, and I, my wife is not Muslim. She's, she's Hispanic. She grew up uh, Catholic. And, but she does respect, you know, the, the, the faith that I, I practice. So, she, so every time I'm in a jam and I don't know, she always asks me three times, right? So, she's like, are you sure, you sure, you sure? And I'm like, I said, I am. I'm sure this is it. I'm going to do this, and we're going to you know, get this rocking and rolling. And I get my notice at the dealership. I told my brother he was crushed, but he respected it. I, I just quit the rise and what the hell with you guys. I just quit there. And um, you, you, never, you never should burn a bridge. I, I but I did. I, I, I just quit. And I, I go through all this stuff, and I'm like, got it my second wind. I'm going back into it. And what happens? I go in. I get a listing. I get it under contract, we go to closing, and the bank says, oop, we screwed up, 
on the foreclosure, we can't give you clear title. This is a $15,000 payday on a $300,000 house. It's a 15 freaking, it was a huge payday. The biggest paycheck commission I've ever seen at that point in time. And I'm like, you're kidding me. All right, guys, hope you enjoyed that. Um, that was part three of this mini-series we're calling the Q&A session with Nabi Musa. Um, hope you guys enjoyed it. Please feel free to comment, send us any feedback, anything you wanted to hear, any kind of questions you want to ask as well. Don't hesitate from what you heard so far, and we'll see you next week for part four.